Welcome to the barn cast. Just gonna talk about stuff sitting in the barn cast. We're with friends. We're full of friends. Barn cast. That's so bad. Welcome, welcome. Oh my God, that's so bad. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, one and all, to Burncast, Season 3, Episode 6. Six. Cease. Cease? Yeah. I think we're six in, right? Yeah. Is it? That's impressive. Season 3, Episode 6. Like, most TV shows don't come anywhere close to that. Yeah, we we have uh, we have over, I don't know, like 60 episodes now. That? Yeah. Thank you, sir. That is very impressive. <laughs> so, uh, my name is Ben Drew. And Benton and Tyler are not able to join us this evening, but have no fear because we're joined by the legend. Alex Ritchie. I'm back, folks. I didn't suck so bad last time that they did not invite me back. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you again for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, it's great to have you on, man. And when uh, you're there when the other guys can't, I appreciate you, you, right? I feel like that sums up me. I have not enough of a life that at the drop of a hat, right. I can show up. <laughs> I have nothing else. I have nothing else. Good. No, I yeah. want to be here, obviously, but that is that sums it up fairly well. I have nothing good. Yes. How have you been? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been uh, a crazy week since the last election, so I've been absorbed in politics. I know our, our last episode was a little more depressing and heavy because all that crazy shit was going on in the States. Right. Um, but, you know... I'm getting hopeful. I know, I'm excited. Canada bought some more vaccines. So there I'm we go. About that. Like, I'm excited for... Do you know anyone who's actually had the vaccine yet? No. I actually know two, but there are two in healthcare. One in Nova Scotia, one in Prince Edward Island. They said it hurt. Yeah. But that's okay. I will I will accept that pain <laughs> yeah, to yeah. not get COVID. Yeah. Have you also had, like, that experience of, like, I've had, like, a tickle in my throat from something from the night before. I've been like... I've got COVID. Like, I'm going to die, and I'm going to pass it on to everybody. I have that kind of, like, mentality. Okay. I'm not I'm, – I don't get that worked up about it. But I've actually – I think the cool thing is, like, I haven't been sick since COVID started because, you know, everyone's wearing masks, washing their yep. hands, isolating, yep. like – it is the healthiest I've been was like yeah. during a global pandemic. I like, I feel great. Yeah. And then the second my kid went to daycare, it was like a week later. He's like coughing, sneezing, all of this. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Come on, kid. Literally, yeah. they're the carriers of everything is like a daycare. Yeah. They're great though. That's that's how I feel about teaching junior high. I'm like, stay away from me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you get your own like hazmat suit when you walk in. Yeah, I'm like, you you stay six feet. I did this before coronavirus. Like, you stay away. <laughs> like, I don't want whatever you got. But, you you learned from 1918. Yeah, you're like just you know. in general junior high kids. I need to stay away from them. Yeah, at I, any given point, they don't really know all the cleaning techniques yet. No, although they do spray an ample amount of Axe body spray. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's a like a passage of of childhood. You know, like yes, Axe body spray. But once you get, and that's it's funny when I teach diffusion uh, mm -hmm. to junior high and high school, I always use Axe body spray. Yes, and I'm just like, you know what diffusion is? Say I go in the corner and I take up my bottle of disgusting, dirty, 
brutal axe body spray. Dragon Slayer. Yeah. And then and <laughs> great I great names for them as well. And I spray it in this corner and that suffocating, disgusting axe body spray is in this corner. Eventually it's gonna spread so that everyone in the classroom is choking on the odor of this brutal like and I just like lay in a body axe body spray. You speak like specifically to like one student yeah, who's actually done that. <laughs> making like, eye contact the whole time. <laughs> I also like how with any kind of deodorant or smell, men only have like concepts. Like what does cool blue smell like? like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Women get like vanilla yeah. and like orchid. We have cool blue sport. Yeah. <laughs> what sport one is cool blue and what the fuck does that smell like? <laughs> yeah. I uh, There was a new line of men's body products and they even took it to the next level where it's just like prosperity <laughs> and, it's, it, and it's like like they just did all these weird buzzwords like earnest yeah <laughs> but you're like i like that more really like if it's gonna be ridiculous you might as well you might as well like really it. go with it like full-on commit to the ridiculousness of your naming rather yeah. than like hey you actually smell like i don't know sandalwood or something yeah, yeah. but um I, uh, yeah, the president got impeached, which is nice. Twice. Twice. So Those. congrats to him. Yeah. I mean, who does that twice? Yeah. Really? So, you know, good on you, Donald. So Just nice. They raise a glass to his. So nice. Impeached him twice. Um, now, I mean, it was a little bit promising to see that 10 Republicans cross the aisle, but you got to remember the majority still didn't. Right. And, like, just watching them is aggravating. But, you know, I was reading something, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Senate, because it only really matters if the Senate does it, right? Right. Yes. Um, and like, and the the good thing if the Senate does it, that means they could vote on whether or not he could ever hold office again. Right. So it's like he could just not be a factor anymore, which would be beautiful. So what would happen, like, legitimately? What would happen if he did get impeached? Obviously, he couldn't be in power, but he loses other things too, doesn't he? Um. Yeah. So I think he loses his his detail, like his protective detail, like any 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 perks of being a president, he loses. Right. Um, and then he can also be charged, right? Um, based on that impeachment, plus all the state charges and everything that's coming his way. So yeah, he's going to be charged for a lot of other stuff, regardless. But as well as with you know his incitement of a riot. Yeah. Um. But I was reading that there is. I think they need sixteen or eighteen Republican senators to okay. flip. Right. And apparently, there's twenty that are like, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty with this. Yeah. Even Mitch McConnell, um, you know, he said that this is good. I mean, Mitch McConnell's a piece of shit human being. He's one of the worst human beings on the planet. And and people were applauding him for coming out and saying, I think impeaching Donald Trump's a good idea. Um, don't don't applaud him for that. No. He's also just jumping on the bandwagon. Well, yeah. Like, he's like, okay, this is our chance to get rid of him. Okay. Like, I've got everything I wanted out of him. Yeah. I got my Supreme Court judges. I got all that. Now we don't need him. So, like, people are like, yeah, Mr. McCon-. Like, no, he's a scumbag. Yes. But still, I'm happy that he's hopefully. At least can help in this capacity. Yeah. It does feel like we're solely, I mean, he, we're at one week away from Biden taking over. But I mean, regardless, it still means he wouldn't get to be president. He wouldn't even couldn't even try out for the team in twenty twenty four or lose all this stuff. But it does feel a bit like it's the cool thing to do as a Republican now is to shit on Trump. Yeah. Right. So they're all doing it now to make themselves look good, even though they probably still kind of believe in a little bit of his policies and what happened. Like we're not traitors. No. <laughs> exactly. I, I spent the last six days out of the past four years uh, being upset. Exactly. Um. But and we're a day away from the armed 
protests all across the states that are supposed to happen. So that will be very interesting. Um, I'm very curious to see how that exactly will go. Yeah. And, you know, I was saying, like, I really, I don't want any violence. I don't want people to die. That's no. awful. But I'm looking at it and saying, like, okay, if, if shit goes down, like, this is how you set yourselves up. Like, you're yes. like, we love our guns. We want our rights to hold our guns. If you come for our guns, like, you're, you know, a tyrant. You're Hitler because you want our guns because Hitler took away the guns first. You know, all those, <laughs> like, that. those are legitimate arguments they make. Um, With that voice as well. Well, yeah. Only. Yeah. Only. They're like, I'm from Maine. But they took her again. <laughs> they took her. Um, but so you're going to have just a whole bunch of armed people that mm-hmm. are allowed to carry assault rifles because, like, that's our God-given right and our yep. constitutional. And they have a permit for yeah. it. It's and not like, even like they're doing it illegally. They're legally allowed to carry around an assault rifle. So, like, you have a mob of these people in every state across Something's going to go down at some point. Oh, yes. Is this going to be America's, like, Tiananmen Square? I don't know. (laughs) Um, And it could be just, like, you know, like, some Antifa people come down, so then one of them gets shot. Um, Or, you know, it just takes one crazy dude in a sea of people with guns to fire a couple shots, and then, boom. Like, it could get really bad. So, hopefully it doesn't, but there is a reality there where shit goes real sour in the next four days. So on a mildly lighter, obviously not because it's still the protesting. In China, you're not allowed to protest. Like it's <laughs> obviously so it's literally the right to get together with other people in a protest is not allowed unless the government sanctions it. I don't know, which is like ridiculous. I want to protest the people that don't like the government. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't go over well. But it was when I was there, there was a big issue with it was called the Diaoyu Islands. It was like these small completely pointless islands that are between China and, like, Japan. Ah, yes. That Japan was saying, no, no, we own it. And China's like, no, no, we own it. And China and Japan don't have a great relationship in the past, and it's yeah. still a bit touchy now. A little World War II raping and King going on there. Just a couple things that were <laughs> not great. No. Understandably so. So at that time, like, no one could protest until the government's like, no, no, you can protest at the Japanese embassy between 8 and 4. <laughs> and so in Beijing at 7.59 people showed up yeah. and at 4.01 they left and there was no one around but because they said 8 to 4 that's it that is the most ineffective way to protest it really like, is look at Hong Kong that's how you protest the Chinese they yeah. Hong Kong is like a whole separate yeah. thing it's it's crazy there it's, it's beautiful I love it go not during a protest though not a good idea or or pandemic yeah. As Contagion has taught us. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in a very, very small area. <laughs> yeah. It's the most vertical city in the world. I'm not sure if you knew that. It's got the most skyscrapers in the world. Ah. I would like to do the talk about the Kowloon Wild City sometime. That place oh, is crazy. I've been to like where it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Which was because that's the most densely populated area ever. It was like yeah. the, the amount of people in like one square kilometer is how much was it? It was like fifty thousand people or something in like a one building. Yeah, and it's like it's like skyscrapers made out of wood, like homemade skyscrapers. Yes. Like it's it's a cool thing. We'll get into that someday when I have more details. Fair. Um, so let's take a minute to thank before we continue to thank our sponsors. Yes. This podcast is brought to you by the Heritage Breweries. Feels so good. 
It will make you take your schnitzel to the disco and party, party, yeah. <laughs> so as as always, we're brought to you by Heritage Breweries. Um, I was uh, talking to the brewmeister himself uh, the other day, Mr. Murphy, and he was talking about um, one thing. If you really want to support your local brewery and help them out, mm-hmm. um, check them out on the Untapped. Uh, it's a website. Yeah. I don't know if there's an app for it as well. I don't know if there's an app, but I saw that today because I was going through. I was like, what was the beer? So I, my favorite craft beer I ever get is, is Heritage. It's the Strawberry Kettle Sour. Okay. Have you had that one? It was only like in the summer. I don't I, think they have it right now. I hate sours. See, I love sours. Sour like in the summer though. I did have one just recently as well. But for the most part, like in the summer on a hot summer day, a sour just like it's as good as like a diet coke with ice. But it's got booze, so it's so much better. Yeah. Right? And, but in the wintertime, I'm a rusty truck kind of guy. But either way, yeah. I saw that and was like, what is this untapped thing? And like all of their beers are like five star out of five star or like five glasses out yeah. of five glasses they're crazy rated so they're doing so basically you go on there and you can give them a ranking so mm-hmm. uh, if you're a fan of them like go on there leave them a review leave them a ranking and it it you know puts them against all the other craft breweries and they're doing very well they're one of the top ones in nova scotia yeah. but like we need to get them to the best one in nova scotia you know what i mean they do deserve it yeah i mean they got delicious beer uh great atmosphere and that rhymes so that's really. Do you need more? No, like right? I should and be clever names. Like, let's not take away from the fact that like Kilometer Zero Ale. That's that is clever. They also made a Barncast beer, which which is also very tasty. forever. Forever, I will be pumped about that. That's like you're part of heritage history now. Yeah, it's almost I'm part of heritage's heritage. What? What? <laughs> we got real meta. Yeah, it's, we're getting too deep here, folks. Yeah. Um, also, very good beer though. Yeah. Also, uh, just for the fans of the Blueberry Grunt, which is actually pretty good. It's mm. not too sour, so I, I like that one. I like blueberry beer. Yes. Um, it's coming back next week. Oh, so good. check out uh, Heritage to get your blueberry beer, and then check them out on Untapped and leave them a review so that we can show those city slickers who has the best beer. Uh, clearly down here. Yeah. I mean, we got like really good options down here as well, but honestly, Heritage. Also, the atmosphere there. Yeah. It's awesome. Like in the summertime, we don't go anywhere other than Heritage on their patio. Yeah. It is perfect. And I, I can't, like, you know, I'm 31. I don't like going to Dooley's. I don't like, no. like, you know, like. No offense to Dooley's. Uh, yeah. Dooley's, I like going there at like six o'clock to play pool. Yes. But like, if I go there at 10, I got a 20 year old trying to fight me. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, no, man. Like, I'm too old for this. Like, so I'm like, Heritage, there's never those issues. Like, it's just. No. Everyone, like, who goes there is. Just as respectful. They also have really good trivia, too. On, yeah. I think, Tuesdays now? I've won it twice. You have? Yeah. What's your team name again? Uh, we were Team Florja Man. No, the Florja Gators. Florja so, Gators. Yeah, so what we do is we go on and we every year, every week, we make a weird name. Mm-hmm. And all we want to do is place in the top three so he has to read it out loud. Right. <laughs> but uh, Florja was my favorite. That's been your favorite overall? Yeah. Have you ever gotten one where he just basically insults himself? Uh, no, we haven't. Oh, I feel like we did, but I can't remember it. Okay. It's a, it's a hazy sometimes. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. So we figured this last week we spent a lot of time, you know, on the depressing news in the state. So we set our piece on that. We're going to move on. There's a lot of cool stuff and crazy stuff going on in the world right yes. now. So let's get into some of that. 
What do you got for us? What was um, one of the things that you think is there's one that you told me about involving a man injecting something. Oh, that's mind. later. That's my science. That's board. your science. My apologies. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that. He's People, new, folks. He's I'm new, new. <laughs> and but I'm excited because yeah. that is a one of the funniest stories I've ever seen. Oh my goodness! It's also just ridiculous. But here's here's one for all you true crime people. Okay, I don't know, like if you've ever been that kind of person that, like, if you're out, uh, you might there's like a weird impulse that you want to like find a dead body. Not like that you want. No, I my don't. friend did once really? when she was like eight. Mm. Yeah, I know. She's she's changed. Yeah, <laughs> she's not it's, the it's same. Hard to come back from that. Yeah. Um, I've never wanted to find a dead body, but like, like I'll see like a plane flying through the sky. Like it'd be crazy if that just blew up right now. It's not that I want it to blow up, no, but, but you like, want to see something different. different yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so we're both crazy. Yeah, sounds okay. good. Um, anyway, uh, there was a lady in the UK who was taking her dog for the walk, and she was hiking through this muddy kind of marsh, or like marshy field, not really a marsh, and she saw a foot. Ugh. Yeah, like so Vancouver she, style. Yeah, she saw yeah the floating feet over there, but yeah. she saw a foot kind of sticking out of the mud, uh, and she's like, "Oh shit!" You know, as anyone would. And she, was she also like, "This is my time to shine." Yeah, like was she also Ben Drew waiting for a plane to explode? Like, <laughs> yeah. I finally found one. I can start my own podcast about true crime <laughs> because I found a dead body. Um, so. She called up the Northumbria police, and they showed up, and they had their cadaver dogs and everything, and they, they went out in force. Turns out it was a potato. <laughs> <laughs> it was a potato half sticking out of the ground, and um, she saw it. I guess she wanted to be a sizable potato. Do they get the foot? I don't know if she just thought it was like the heel of a foot sticking out. Do you have a photo of this? Yeah, there's. Uh, it looks like a little half mashed at this point. Okay, that... That looks like not necessarily a potato. I don't. I don't. <laughs> so the she, officer said when they found it, it did look like a foot. In okay. her defense, in her like defense, she okay. wasn't like totally out to lunch. Okay, that's good. Um, like yeah, the picture they have of it was after it probably got stepped on by somebody. Which <laughs> is sloppy police work, fellas. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Already tampering with the crime scene. <laughs> oh, I stepped on the foot. <laughs> Oops. But um, so that turned out to have a. Uh, a happy ending. There's no dead person. It's just a potato. Did she get to keep the potato? Um, the officers actually said that they were going to feed it to their dog. Oh, well, but apparently nice. you can't feed dogs raw potatoes. No, you shouldn't. No one. <laughs> so they could fry it or boil it. If you do, when you do potatoes, what do you do? I'm an Islander, so I've got the right method. But what do you do? Okay, so I dice them up. Mm-hmm. I put some oil on them. Mm-hmm. I put some salt, some pepper, some garlic, and some, some rosemary, mm-hmm. and I put them in the oven. That is an acceptable way to prepare. Yeah, I do roasted them. potatoes. I, I hate, love. I hate mashed. Oh, I hate them. You don't have the right good mashed. Yeah, like the right good. I'm sorry. That's. Yeah. I came full Islander there. <laughs> I right apologize. Yes. No. You haven't had the good ones. Then I will okay. make them sometime, and you'll be like, okay, no, this oh, is yeah. how they're supposed to be made. You, if if you don't know, then I don't know who to trust. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's in my DNA. Yeah. But okay, so going going back to this, was she in like a potato field? Like, how do you not? I think it was like a you know just a random potato, and that's why it took her off guard. Like she wasn't okay. she wasn't like in PEI walking through the field, <laughs> but but um, it was like she was out in a place that there shouldn't be potatoes, right? But there was. So like, I wonder how many feet are buried in PEI that people think oh are God. potatoes. You could be such a sweet mobster if you lived. That's a smart, yes. It just had all their heels sticking out. (laughs) (laughs) 
I fooled everyone. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> Why are these turkey vultures all on his farm? <laughs> we don't need turkey vultures in PEI. Well, I don't know. They could fly there. We got them here. Yeah, so. that's fair. We do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're that... <laughs> I I'm I don't know. Not a lot happens in PEI. I distinctly remember the biggest thing, like the biggest news story of PEI about eight years ago was when a beaver chewed through a log and that log landed on a moving car. That's actually, that was that's an actual was story. Was everybody okay? Yes. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> like I don't the car about, wasn't. Yeah, I don't care about that. But be like, I didn't want to be like, that's awesome. Like, no, the whole family died. No, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. Oh, that's a horrible. Yeah, we just went real depressing. No, I think they were like parked besides. Okay. Like, I think they were like having a lunch or something. And they just landed right on the hood. So you basically, in PEI, you live in a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> Annie Green Cables meets, I don't know, like Big Mouth or yeah. Rick and Morty a little bit as well, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it gets weird. You also basically go back in time when you go to PEI. Like, as soon as you cross that bridge, you think you're in 2020, but you're really in 1970. That's good. Yeah. Happier times. Yeah. Pandemic hadn't happened. Yeah. We can still, like, <laughs> burn plastic and throw it whatever we want. And, yep. You know? I grew up only having glass bottles. We didn't have cans. I remember going to PEI as a kid. Yeah. And was, I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And it was really old. Like I was like, this is bullshit. Like <laughs> I, I just want to take a can of pop to school. And like people would people would go over and stop at Allen's, which is like the closest gas station to the bridge, and like buy cases and cases and cases of pop. And kids would bring them to school and sell them at like a really marked up price. So like you'd be buying a can of pop for like five bucks just to buy a can of pop. Man, those industry, you know. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't just one. It was like a. It was like a mafia of canned pop mobsters. <laughs> so speaking of, we were talking about cartoon worlds. Um, you have a little story about probably the weirdest cartoon that I've ever heard of. Yes. So I thought Canada had like a really crappy cartoon with Caillou. Have you heard of Caillou? Oh, I saw Caillou. I oh, used you... to watch Caillou. I'm. Oh. Maybe? I didn't a... like watch it. It was just in the background on like when you got home from school. Yeah, I just remember I've seen it. Am I that much older six? than you? I don't know, I'm 31. I'm 35. 35. I had to think. Okay. It's, I'm old enough that I had to think about it. Yeah. I'll be 36 this year, but November. But so I remember really Caillou. Depends. I yeah. wasn't like a deep, I wasn't like a Caillou head or whatever. Just okay. The fans of Caillou. The Caillou, Caillou head? <laughs> I couldn't think of a clever name <laughs> for a fan, all right? I'm trying my best here. I don't think there's any, I promise you there's no adult fans of Caillou because that kid is a dick. I promise is you there is one, dick. and he is weird. There's one adult Caillou He's definitely fan. bald. Yeah. Definitely owns a couple cats. And he has a mustache. Yes. Yeah. But like a really thin pencil one, mm. but also maybe curls a little bit at the end. You know, I. So You're picturing Movember, one person, aren't you? <laughs> for November, I grew one for a little while. Yes. And I'm like, and I just looked like such a pervert. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm a teacher. Like, <laughs> this is not acceptable. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for that weird John Waters, like pencil mustache. And then, and I did it. And I was like, cool. And then I was like, looked at myself more. I'm like, <laughs> like, did, an, did anyone say anything to you uh, or were they too scared because you were that creepy yeah, looking like, don't look at the don't look at him <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so like, everyone just walks down the hallway like that's ben we don't talk about him yeah anyway anyway so this is a danish cartoon have you heard of john dillermond i've not you have not okay so i this is brought to my attention by another fellow teacher so i want to i'm going to tell you the translation of his name in danish and i want you to tell me what you think the premise of the show is Okay, so roughly, John Dillermond translates into English as John Wienerman. 
Wienerman. Wienerman. Is he a hot dog salesman? You would think. No. Instead, this is a children's TV show about a man whose unnaturally long and magic penis gets him into all sorts of, in brackets, very Danish trouble. <laughs> like, Danish what, trouble? Very. <laughs> what is happening in Scandinavia? Yeah. Uh, I need to show you a photo of this guy. Okay, so first off, he it's claymation as well, too. So, like, think How's Tim he? Burton, think, like, Nightmare Before Christmas. But, like, if they did that and it was made by someone with one hand. Okay. So it is not good yes. and nice claymation. Like, his face looks like it's been beaten by something. Oh, my God. So he does he not look like he's got, like, problems using the bathroom yeah and not from the end that we were discussing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's got some so that right there that red and white thing that you see that's roughly the size of like a cobra yeah that's his magic penis so it's going from so that's he's got like a, a 15 16 foot penis he does but it also retracts okay so not just like seinfeld style like when it gets cold it's, it's yeah. smaller like it fully goes in so, so it's, he's like uh inspector gadget but he just has one gadget and it's his dick and is you know what <laughs> you know what if i was to have one gadget <laughs> choose a gadget yeah. any gadget yeah. you've got anything in the world to choose from not a bad one to choose so i'll read a little bit more so it is so far been proven very popular in obviously denmark I yep. don't think in, in Canada, United States, it's proven a bit of a controversy, especially in the uh, Me Too era, yeah. where we see him getting in all kinds of funny trouble that people laugh off with his penis. <laughs> yeah, so kind of sending the wrong message here. And just reading this, first off, this article I found is actually from CBC. Okay. So it is the funniest article that I've ever read from CBC. They interviewed this Danish TV critic who she saw this whole show and just thought it was just fun, just something funny that was happening, that this middle-aged man had an enormously long and magical penis that yeah. he used. And when I say this, I mean, like, he would hang clothes with it. At one point, <laughs> he goes to a zoo, and it gets him into trouble. And, oh, here's another thing. He also lives with his great-grandmother, who would say things like, put that away, John. You can't go showing your penis. You can't use that to pick apples. You can't use that to walk the dog. <laughs> this is a direct quote from our most reputable news source in our entire country. Yeah, and it's and this is a TV show for four to eight year olds. This is a TV show for children, like yeah. not quite my son's age, but mildly older. Yeah. So kids that would go to Drumlin should be watching this show if yeah. they were in Denmark. I see a few problems. Now, to be fair, you know, <laughs> there's a... <laughs> Gosh. So I'll give you an instance of what actually happened. So this is actually an episode within the show itself. Okay. okay. He's not exactly happy with his penis because he has no control over it. Ah. So I guess he's going through puberty. Yeah. I, I don't know. Classic. Classic. You know. So for instance, the penis, not the man, the penis wants an ice cream. And the great-grandmother says, no, you can't take an ice cream. And then they go to the zoo. And it, being the penis, sees an ice cream truck and it steals an ice cream. That <laughs> naughty little penis. <laughs> Is this also the most amount of penises you've said on your podcast so far? Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine so. There will be more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep them coming. So somehow, because this penis steals an ice cream, a lion gets out and chases the children in the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. And John... 
with the magic penis is about to say, oh, I can't handle this. I'll just go away and leave it to someone else. That thing he's leaving is an escaped lion chasing children in a zoo. It's like, my penis caused children to get potentially eaten by lions. I'm out. Bye. Bye. Peace. Sorry. Not even like an apology. Just like someone else should deal with this. Not me. Yeah. (laughs) But then he's also like, no, I have to handle this. I have to take care of this problem. And then the penis is slapping the lion. (laughs) So it goes back in. This is a children's show. Hey, children, if you ever uh, upset a lion, just dick slap it. Essentially what it's saying is you can solve all problems with a dick slap. (laughs) Any problem you have, young boys, you can solve with a dick slap. (laughs) So I am reading here, though, um, that... They're in the people who support the show. Mm-hmm. The idea is that they're teaching young boys um, that they have to control their penises. Like they're they're actually trying to say that this is a an important lesson to teach the, okay. the children. Mm-hmm. And and so then they would say to us, the mm-hmm. people that think it's weird, like how dare you put your sexual connotations on a children's show, right? Okay. But so they try to make so they're trying to like damned if you do like catch twenty two. You're like oh yeah. It's only gross because you're a pervert. But it's like, well, no, it is a show about a large penis. Yes, an excessively long magic penis. Yeah, it's it's weird. And I feel like you can teach children how to be responsible. And you can teach them ideas of consent, like don't touch other kids unless they want to be touched. You know, like right. those types of things, like without a 16-foot snake dick <laughs> slapping a lion in the face. Well, just <laughs> the, the lion never gave consent, right? The lion did not say, no, I'm okay yeah. with this. But also, it's like, I, I, I get where they're coming from. I understand that kind yeah. of concept. But realistically speaking, I don't think any kid's going to see that and say, oh, I need to be more responsible with my dick. Yeah. What's going to come across is, oh, it's funny to do these random things with my penis. And then they're going to sit there, like, wishing and praying at night, like, they're going to, like, squeeze really hard to try to, like, extend their penis out. You know what I mean? I mean, we all did that, right? Yes. <laughs> but, but, like, I mean to an obscene level. Yes, obviously. Um, so they did say, though, the, the critic did say that she acknowledges some of these complaints and she can see why people would have this. So she says also that they're hoping for a second season or the first season of a new show where they would actually have a female lead character. But this one would have, and this is a quote, would do things with her vulva or long titties or something like that. (laughs) So I do think that's the first time I've read the word titties (laughs) in a CBC news article. Yeah. Yeah, it's not regular fare for CBC. No, not so much. It's like, it was like beside like a full breakdown of like Trump's policies, this article that contained the word penis multiple times and long titties. Yeah. Well, so um, go check it out, folks. It's on YouTube. Yeah. John uh, Dillerman. John Dillerman, the yeah. wiener man. I recommend watching it first before showing your four-year-old. Yeah. Or but, your wife. Yeah. She uh, might have very high expectations after. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you ever steal me ice cream like that? Yeah, exactly. So speaking of uh, children, mm-hmm. here's like a, a little more, I think, a, a nicer story. I think. I, I think this story. <laughs> so, what is nicer than a magic penis? <laughs> if you tell me any story nicer than that, I call yeah, you a liar. That's fair. <laughs> um, this this is a kid that you know. Sometimes 
Like this, this kid's gonna be a cool dude when he grows up. So we have a twelve-year-old in Manchester, okay, um, who got in some trouble. But the reason he okay. got in trouble, and and I'll side with his mother on this one because they they interviewed her mother, and she's like, you know, I know he got in trouble, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so like she's like, I can't be mad at him. Like what right. he did, like he was just trying to spread some cheer, make people happy, have a good time. Okay. So what he did mm-hmm. is he threw a rave. In a bathroom at the school. So the 12 year old. <laughs> oh my God, I thought we had problems. Yeah. <laughs> Vaping is nothing compared to what's going on in Manchester. What is, like this year? Yeah. So during COVID, he thought a rave bathroom yeah. was the. <laughs> Man, I thought our school dances were intense. Yeah. So. <laughs> He was, I think, he, you know, he was not having a great year. It's COVID. It's a bad time. Everybody's a little down. Mm-hmm. So he says, what can I do? Well, he's What's the complete DJ. opposite of COVID? So he had it all set up. He had complimentary drinks. Um, he had, <laughs> Like booze? No. Oh. No, okay. it, was, it was like a, not to the best of my knowledge, it was just, you know, pop and soda and Oh, juice. good. A clean rave. Yeah. In a toilet. Yeah. It's not like they're all banging like M and like... <laughs> <laughs> So he he just he was a DJ. So he made up his own set list. He had his own songs that he made, and and the mother said like I should have known better because she's like probably he woke up and he was dressed like ready for school, and that never happens. Okay. And like so he she There's got some up signs. and like he's pumped. He's always got a backpack on. He's smiling ear to ear. She's like, why are you so happy? Oh, our school's having a rave today. He said, like, <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't like. Hmm. He has DJ equipment. <laughs> so he's got some glow in the dark bracelets that he's sporting. Yeah. So he set up a rave in a boy's bathroom mm-hmm. at his school. Um, he got his DJ's equipment, his speakers. He had drinks and stuff. Anyway, they got busted up and he got in trouble with the school. Was this at like lunchtime or like I'm in the middle of like a chemistry test and I need to go have a rave in the bathroom? Yeah, it was at lunchtime. Okay, um, so, so okay, at least he followed that procedure. Yeah, so he he had a thirty minute set, uh, at which point his teachers at St. Anthony's Roman Catholic School raided the party and confiscated his equipment. Ooh, so, buzzkill, right? So he already had DJ equipment at home. Yeah, so yeah, he brought it to school. He set it up. That's some initiative. Yeah, and again, a no tip off to the mother. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, like what twelve year old one has DJ equipment? <laughs> Two, what twelve year old has DJ equipment and a mother that oblivious when they say that I'm going to like I'm going to have a rave at the school that they don't think they're leading the charge? Yeah. So this is like a quote exactly from her. I had to laugh. It has been a terrible year, and I couldn't be angry with my son for trying to spread some cheer. When I got the call, it made perfect sense. Kale had been dressed up, uh, been up, dressed, and ready to leave for school early that morning, which is unheard of in our house. He had the biggest smile on his face, so I knew he had something up his sleeve. She's like, "Am I wrong for finding this funny?" <laughs> I'm like, "I think you're a human being." No, that it is pretty funny. It's pretty funny, and, and like industrious. Did he charge? No, he didn't get charged. Uh, so, no, like, did he charge oh, for people charge? to go? No, no, it was just like a happy. Like he just wanted. That to was his one mistake. Play a set list and. <laughs> Have people enjoy it. I mean, it's like this podcast. He had to pay to do it. Like he bought drinks and stuff, you know? Wow. And like, was there, was it full? Was it all boys? Was it, there's, do there's we know? No, there's that not kind of that much uh, information about it. Okay. Um, I'm trying to picture like the actual bathrooms that we have at our school. One with no doors. 
So how he thought <laughs> you could get away with it. <laughs> and two, just like all of a sudden a 12-year-old be like, and like arms in the air, raising yeah. the roof. And like, or what, like, what do you think a 12-year-old rave looks like? Like, are they playing that? Or is it just like Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande? No, I think he was doing some good EDM. Like, I think he, you oh, know. Okay. I guess European, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, or British European, not anymore. <laughs> Brexit. Hi yo. Anyway, uh, go out and look up the picture of him. It is is great. This little twelve year old smug looking boy. <laughs> that is exactly what I pictured. <laughs> like a slightly chubby, headphone wearing, yeah, all in black. Yeah, with a little fade and a little comb over going on. That is so, that is so British, and that that is perfect. And I think you know that is a positive story. I know we're worried it was brighter events and whatever. I mean. If it's going to go into school, it's going into school. So Yes. I mean, that is way more industrious than what I was doing when I was 12. Yeah. Like, keep that in mind. Like, I think back to when I was 12. Which grade was 6. A really... Grade 6? Yeah. I think, oh, man. Yeah, I was, I was 12 in grade 6. I was a little younger. I was July, so it could be... Oh, I was November, so I was even younger. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, in PEI, we went by from January to December, so it's not like... Here, I thought your calendar was just like like potato harvest, not potato harvest. Well, yes, but I'm giving you... You have the, months there? I thought it was just No, like, no, I'm telling you, oh. the non-islander, what that corresponds to. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yes, I was born in the non... I'm not a spud. Okay. <laughs> you got an island. You got yeah. your spuds and you got your anti-spuds. Yeah. Exactly. Well, not anti, just we got like spuds, flowers, seedlings. Oh, okay, right? so it's all about the state of exactly, the potato. Exactly, the state of the potato. So I'm seedling. <laughs> And everything really is just judged in length of potato. Yeah. Like, how many potatoes is it from Summerside to Charlottetown? Yeah. It's. Do you know how many potatoes? I do. It is like 46,000. 46,000 potatoes. Yeah, that's a complete lie. I have no idea. I'm trying to think of like... You, is like, it like time? Like, oh, we're six potatoes past seven potatoes. <laughs> well, there's all, we still have quarter potatoes and like halves, right? Yeah, that's true. And also like cubed. Okay. Don't get me into like weather with like whether it's mashed out, (laughs) oven baked, you know. And there's a hint of Andy Green Gables there too. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I also judge that way. Mashed with pig's tails or something. (laughs) (laughs) What a great place. Yes. Honestly, magical, clearly. Yeah. Everybody go visit. Yeah. So I have another funny story that it's the only time I can ever relate to millionaires. Okay. Because outside of that, I have zero connection with a millionaire. Fair enough. Which I, I mean, I grew up. Which is, which really, I think Aaron thought she had something there, given my last name is Richie. Ah, uh, Richie Rich. Yes. No, not. You're not she Macaulay was, Culkin? I am not. Well, no. Uh, not that, nor am I his character in the movie. Yeah. In any movie. Also, you ever blank check? Yes. Solid. I, Solid. Always, I always wish that would happen. That but was I was a dream. I was given a blank check, and I think it ended up being like six dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, my mother was like, "Fill it whenever you want between the numbers of zero and six. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the key to a blank check is the person has to have the money. <laughs> yeah. if, if I handed you a blank check right now, <laughs> yeah. you could not write the amount that that kid yeah. wrote on that. Anyways, yeah, no, she thought she struck it really, really well. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Anyway. So this is obviously uh, about millionaires and their investors into Bitcoin. So Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency, yep. uh, something that's just impossible to explain to my mother. Like, there's just no hope. Like, 
So what's one Bitcoin now? Is it like forty four thousand? So last I just checked, this recently was forty one. Okay. But I mean, still like a lot of money compared to when it first began, which yeah. I had heard about when it first began, but I like that was back when I was like couldn't afford anything at all. My favorite uh were, were stories like when Bitcoin first started up, like there was a guy that had a coffee shop in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and you could give him a Bitcoin for a coffee. Like imagine him now. Oh my god. Like if he saved, hopefully he saved. He's like he must have. Yeah, because at some point I'm sure people were like, "Oh, I'm not going to give you any bitcoins. I'm just going to pay you with cash." And what is he going to do with this? He's probably got like at least a couple hundred. Yeah, he's just <sighs> insanely rich off of like seven cups of coffee. <laughs> like, so I mean, that's what this guy is. So this guy originally he wasn't like a like a, a true Bitcoin investor. He just like helped them with like I think the web page and getting started with everything. So they paid him back in like thousands of bitcoins and at the time that was probably only worth like ten thousand dollars like i I mean obviously that's a solid chunk of change but now it's up to 220 million (laughs) dollars so this guy is like sitting on a gold mine right so you think he's set right small problem with bitcoin they're completely anonymous like you can't go to like bitcoinhelp.com and then be like oh i got a question about this or how do i do this so and to get in you also need a password Here's another problem. They don't have like a, oh, we'll send you your password if you put your phone number yeah, in. Or password recovery. It, you know, no password recovery. So this poor guy, I mean, I say poor guy. He's got $220 million in Bitcoin. This really, poor millionaire. This, this <laughs> very poor hundred millionaire is struggling with the fact that he now has no access to $220 million worth of Bitcoin because he forgot his password <laughs> like is that not like i forgot my password to everything like yeah. i've changed my facebook password every time because i constantly forget what it is this is the only time i've ever related ever with any kind of millionaire yeah and the this guy is even worse most of the time with bitcoin if you just forget your password you can keep trying again and again and again this guy was like oh when i set this up i've got an idea i don't want <laughs> anyone to ever access this except for me so he had a fail safe where if someone tried to input their his Bitcoin in his password in ten times, it wipes the account. Yeah. He he is now at eight times. He's got two more chances to get this money, or else two hundred twenty million dollars is gone. That is insane. Like I have lost a twenty dollar bill and it ruined my week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I could have used that for coffee. I could have used that for food. That is some high stakes. Yes, and not not the first time it's happened. Okay. No, like so. I was reading a bit more information. There was this Irish weed dealer, as one does, who actually did lose sixty million dollars in Bitcoin. So here's what happened. This one's also pretty funny. So he got big into cryptocurrency. He bought a ton of them. But what he did is he actually spread all those Bitcoins across like 12, 13 different accounts. So okay. he had a bunch of, in, he had 12 essentially different passwords, right? So he's like, well, I got to keep these somewhere. So he was at least smart. He wrote them down. And he's like, I got to hide these because I don't want anything around. So what he did is he wrote them down, put them in like a canister that went with his fishing rod. Here's a problem. He was an Irish weed dealer. <laughs> Step first mistake. Second mistake, getting caught as an Irish weed dealer. Okay. So he went to jail because he got caught. And so when he went to jail, again, Irish weed dealer. He had some people who were like sweet, 
free weed at this guy's house. So they went and ransacked his apartment. He didn't even own his house. Yeah. He they ransacked his apartment, took like everything they could find, but the landlord found out about it and was like, I'm done with this. Kicked the guy out, threw out everything in his house, <laughs> including the passwords oh to his twelve God. different So he's and he found out while sitting in jail. So not only is he incarcerated, he just lost sixty million dollars. That's brutal. Yeah. And now they're saying that uh, nearly one in five Bitcoins are lost and forgotten Bitcoins are nearly worth $140 billion. That's like the GDP of Guyana. Yeah. It's just that is insane. That's insane. Because people forgot passwords. That's, I mean, that's cryptocurrency for you. I mean, my buddy of mine, he forgot his password to PokerStars and lost about 100 bucks. He was damn pissed. Oh my god! Yeah, that's devastating. Yeah. Have you tried? So, do you ever played Poker Stars at all? No. Okay. So to get, we thought it would be funny. Like we thought it'd be easy. He's like, "Oh, I forgot my password. Just get a password recovery." They needed like bank statements. They needed like all of these bills stating like who he was, a copy of his like passport. I was like, "They are going to steal your identity." That's what I'm like. That gets sketchy. I'm like, I yeah. For that at that point, I'm like, uh, I lost a hundred bucks. Yeah. Essentially, he just made a new account. He's yeah. like. Bring this. It's not worth it. Not worth it at all. Um, I wonder, like, if this guy could cut a deal with some, like, premier hacker that could try to, like, he's like, listen, I'll give you 10%. I'll, like, I'll give you a couple million bucks yeah. if you can get in my account. Yeah. And so he actually did say that he was trying to figure out other ways. And one of them, he said, was actually getting someone who could hack into the account. But, again, part of the problem with Bitcoin is they're hiring the best of the best in regards to that to keep this as it's as secure as yeah. possible. Right. So they've already got the best hackers <laughs> working Shit, like, for them who are all anonymous. So again, you can't even add like you can't just go to Bitcoin.com and be like request a password. There's yeah. none of that. Like it's on you. If you screw up, that's on you. I mean, if if he gets to the point where it's one guest left, I would go, listen. Especially, I send it out to every hacker that works for Bitcoin and say, I will give you $100 million. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, you will never. <laughs> you um, will never want for yeah. anything if you if just you give just, me this yeah. goddamn money. Yeah, because with one guest left, the likelihood of you getting it is not great. So I'd be like, yeah, I will, I'll take $114 million. You take 100 or whatever. Right. Um, and get me in this. All right? Let's both be happy because nobody's going to be happy. Right. In the long run. I need to start posing as a Bitcoin hacker. Like, that, that could be me. This could, this could be my <laughs> in. Gonna, no, you got to actually be able to hack it first, though. No, it doesn't matter. Oh, I guess that's true. You can't get the money so you unless ask for you the, hack it. You ask for half the money up front. He doesn't have the money. <laughs> He's got $220 million in Bitcoin. He's got some money kicking around in his pocket. That would be awesome if he was actually just like... You know, like living hand to mouth. Like, it would be awesome, but like, like full he, on, like yeah. food stamp. Yeah, like, like all he's, that. he's, you know, he hit a rough patch. He maybe COVID hit the hit bottle too much, or the, yeah, COVID. He lost his job. He forgot his password, and then. Um, but he's got two hundred twenty million dollars yeah, in the account. He can't access. But like, yeah, he's. Uh, but you'd never know from looking at him. This this sadly enough reminds me of the most angry I've ever been in China, which was at a Western Union. Yeah. So I had my buddy of mine who was Australian. We we traveled together, and he through China, and I had a Chinese bank account. And so I was like, "Dude, I'll just pay for everything, and you send me the money afterwards because you're going to be charged a ton of money for going to the ATM and stuff." So I'll just do it with my Chinese debit. So a couple months later, he sent me the money. Went to Western Union, no problem at first. Go in, like, okay, here's my passport, and they're like, "Oh no, this this name doesn't match our account." 
It's like, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, your name says Alexander Craig Ritchie. I'm like, yeah. They're like, our account says Craig Alexander Ritchie. I'm like, okay, well, fine. It's still me. No, no it took not. two weeks of me fighting with them. Like, I can't change that. You put it in the system wrong. Yeah. Like, on, I, I call my buddy. He's like, no, like from Australia on their end, they're saying everything's perfect. I saw it. Everything's perfect. It's on Chinese end. Whoever input it there screwed it up and they wouldn't give it to me. I got kicked out of a Chinese bank because I screamed <laughs> at the woman and slammed my passport they're like, down. You can only protest between the hours of eight and six. <laughs> <laughs> Eight and four, and this was clear. This is five thirty. Yes, you're right. I missed my as soon as four o'clock. It's on you. It's on me. (laughs) I just, I literally just gave up. I didn't. I, I don't. I think he gave me the money like next time I saw him, but he had to like cancel it. It cost him money. Oh my god, Chinese bureaucracy. One of the worst feelings, uh, traveling and money related. I was in Iceland, Mm -hmm. and um, I was using a a Visa card, and I was taking money out. Right. Yeah. um, which, you know, it worked a couple times. And then one day I go to the ATM, I stick the Visa card in, gulp. It <sighs> ate the card. No. So now I'm like <laughs> sitting in this, I'm like, what the hell do I do? Like, and like, I don't have any like. How's your Icelandic? Can you call them? <laughs> the best thing about Iceland is 90% of them speak English. Okay, that's good. So they're, it's not my, Icelandic is one of the craziest looking languages in the world. Yes. But they all speak English. Okay. Um. And this this lady behind me just saw me smashing this machine, like freaking out. Like I'm like, I still got four days in Iceland. And I don't have money. <laughs> Was it like a weekend too? Um, no, it wasn't. Okay, so at so, least you had like the option. So I had to end up. Uh, she was really nice. She gave me her phone so I could call the bank. I called the bank. I so I had to go down there, and then I had to wait like four hours till the guy. Because they do rounds to each ATM. Right. And then he collected the card and brought it back to the bank. And then I, I finally got it back. But that that yeah. moment yeah. when it's like, nope. <laughs> Goes in, does not come back like, How can you just eat cards like that? Like, how is that? How like, old is this machine? It didn't, like, I mean, they're really technologically advanced yeah. over there. But, like, yeah, it's very surprising to me. But um, that was a bad feeling. Yeah. So we had not that happen, but we were, Aaron and I were in our, on our honeymoon in Italy and like, I'm, I'm a seasoned traveler at this point. Like Italy was like my 28th country I'd been to. I'm not new. I know what I need to do. I need to keep out all my money safe, close to me, use certain banks, blah, 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 blah. So we did that. We thought, except for at one point we happened to use a, a reputable bank, but the ATM was on the outside of the, of the, like in the street. Yeah. So we put our money in, put our card in, got money out, no problem. A couple of days later, we get back home. I like check our bank account. I'm like, oh my god, how much money did we spend on our honeymoon? Like our bank account had been drained by like eight thousand dollars. Like I knew we spent money, <laughs> but like, what the hell is this? Turns out they had copied our card. So uh... somebody had copied our card and shipped it to the United States, and so we were getting like consistently like. 500 US dollars taken out of our bank account like every day. Did the like, company I, flag it? Like, cause no. like. So that's what's weird. I thought they would. But I mean, to be fair, we were on our honeymoon. We called them. We were told them we were traveling because we had, we were like, we went from Shenzhen to Hong Kong to Bangkok to Rome. Okay. So within 24 hours, we were in four, essentially four different countries and yeah. using that card. Right, so they're like, these guys are everywhere, whatever. <laughs> but but it's like, okay, 
First charge, Italy. Second charge, New York. Second, third charge, Italy. Fourth charge, New York. I think they just thought, man, these guys are <laughs> these guys travel. These right? bougie people. I tell <laughs> exactly. You what. We're just like going back and forth in the Concorde, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, but we eventually the CIBC was really good, but it was like impossible because I was trying to contact them from China in Canada. So I had to call at like weird times, and they're like, "Okay, wait, you were in Shenzhen." Hong Kong, Bangkok, Rome. You're now back in Shenzhen. It's being used in the States. Also used for a bit in Switzerland. I'm like, I get this is complicated. Yeah. I'm really sorry. But hey, you know, kudos to them. They got all the money back. They won. Yeah. So not like this guy who is really struggling with yeah. his life. It's hard. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to talk about a little science? I do. I enjoy science. Let's hear it. Science Coda. I, I sometimes think back finally to season one when I just sang my intro every time. It was before the days of drops, before a fancy rake here. And right. I, Did you? I could know. you layer your voice like Tibetan no, throat singing, where you could that. do two notes at once? Uh, it was really bad, and like I'd have friends be like, "Dude, you're embarrassing yourself." <laughs> <laughs> just like I don't care. You know what? I think if this whole teaching and podcasting thing doesn't work out, I think you know song crafting could be up your alley. Yeah, a little. Uh, at least that's a solid backup. beat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, no, you're lead. Oh. You're scary thank spice. You. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> That's the best thing I've you ever are, heard. You are no posh spice. You are scary. <laughs> I always liked posh spice the best, but oh, well, that's because I was a little yeah. boy. And Yes, she got, obviously. Although I did have a thing for baby spice as well, too. Blondes. I got a thing for blondes. Fair enough. Yes. So um, I'm going to start off. I got two stories for mm-hmm. you this evening. Ooh. So I'm going to start off with one mm-hmm. about a Massachusetts man. So... You have this Massachusetts man, uh, and he's hanging out, and all of a sudden he co- um, he gets rushed to the hospital. He has trouble breathing, and he has a collapsed lung. All right, COVID. So, I'm assuming. No, this. Okay, so picture this. It's 2010. Oh, yeah. Oh, so okay. this is a little while back. Okay, okay. Um, and this is kind of a a, a reach into what's coming. Okay, that's current. Um, so Ron Spedden. Mm-hmm. Um, had been battling emphysema for months, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden his condition got worse and worse and worse. Um, and so he goes in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, oh, shit. They give him x-rays. They see there's a growth in your lung. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, okay. Uh, this is it. I got cancer. Right. Like Logical jump. Yeah. Um, so. I thought this podcast wasn't supposed to be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, no, I did. I talked about a guy who got cooked by radiation and melted while he was alive. So, like, there is some. Oh, yeah. so just less depressing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Anyway, this is actually that's a happy ending. <laughs> okay. um, so he's sitting there. He's like, he has a growth in his lung. He's like, okay. He's like, I got cancer. I got to like start thinking about you know settling my affairs. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like all the things yeah. that start rushing. You know, his mortality is flashing between his eyes. Turns out mm-hmm. the growth was a pea. That had lodged itself what? in his lung while he was eating and began to sprout. What? He had a pea growing <laughs> in his lung. We can't even grow tomatoes on our front step. How do you grow a pea in a lung? Yeah. So, so he, so they they went in a simple surgery. They took it out and he's fine. So yeah, the pea. Did he keep the pea? 
I don't think so. <laughs> Did he re-eat it and then well, happen again? <laughs> well, Sorry. my favorite part is he said one of the first meals that he had in the hospital after the surgery had peas as the vegetables. And he just started laughing to himself, and then he ate them. Um, so the plant was about uh, a half inch, so it wasn't okay. big. So it was just right. like basically um, – because the thing that happens, I mean, you need photosynthesis at yeah. some point. So any seed can sprout. Okay. Yes. Because they have the energy within the seed. Right. And then, so it landed in his lung and began to sprout because it's warm, it's wet, mm-hmm. it's, and it's dark. Like So that's like a nice tropical soil. You know okay. what I mean? So the peas are growing. So we should all be concerned about this is what you're telling me. <laughs> Who knows what we have growing inside of us now, at this moment. At some point, the pea would have died. Because as soon as it grows at some point, it switches to photosynthesis. Right, and it needs and the no light. Way. Right. And um, so, and I was looking at this idea of the other story I have is, is about things growing in people. <laughs> All right. Um, so I started looking, and the first one I saw was actually a story about a guy, same idea. He mm-hmm. was coughing up blood. Um, this is over in Russia. Always in the Russia. Ural Mushel, uh, in the Ural M- Mountains. Mm-hmm. So he's coughing up blood. He goes to the hospital. They X-ray him, see a mass in his lungs. Is it, does it have to be the lung? Or I'm guessing because if it's a stomach, then obviously yeah, stomach acid would. So that's really the only option. Yeah. Now, that's good to know. In this case, they they go to biopsy it. I hope like, this is a potato. <laughs> so there's a five centimeter uh, fur tree piece <laughs> in his lungs. <laughs> What? He's just eating trees? Like, what? How? So, so, so originally they said, okay, he inhaled a seed and it started to grow and it grew into a five inch sapling. This is why we wear masks, people. Yeah. Well, um, the reason why I'm not focusing too much on this, I did some more research on it. I'm like, this is a little dubious Mm -hmm. because you can actually look it up and see tree lung and there's a picture of like a gross mass of. Lung flesh and like a, does it does look like a Christmas tree growing. Yeah, it oh looks like God. a branch of a Christmas tree jammed oh. into some lungs. Um, and then a lot of people started calling shenanigan because right. yeah, a um, a sapling doesn't grow like because it's fully bristled. Okay, it looks like he inhaled like because their their thing is like you can't inhale a five centimeter um, right branch, yeah. but there is actually evidence of people inhaling quite large objects and it getting into their lungs. Because every time you cough, it kind of shoves it down because the bristles kind of um, yeah, only how, let it go one way. How would it get into the lung versus just the esophagus down to the stomach? Um, you you inhale. There was like like so like oh, okay. instead of like you know he was he he was uh, he worked at a a tree planting place like an arboreum or an arboreum. Of course. And he ended up so they think he inhaled a branch. Okay. Because a it was green. And it shouldn't be green unless it was actually photosynthesized. Right. And it was full of needles and it wouldn't like it wouldn't be a healthy looking but the pea Young plant sapling. thing. So that one's probably false. Um he pro but he did it wasn't as long, but he probably just inhaled it. Right, okay. The pea plant thing, it legitimately grew in his lung. <laughs> like I had to buy like I'm not like Aaron and I got an arrow garden. It's like a full hydroponic indoor system to grow like basil. Because we suck that bad at gardening. <laughs> yeah. And this guy is just like, hap- not happily, unso happily, without knowing it, growing a full pea plant in his in his body. Yeah. Just, like chestburster style from the yeah. aliens ah! is coming out. <laughs> that would be crazy. Is this how Plants vs. Zombies began? I think so. I think I think this guy could it's be a, part of it. It's a good throwback. 
Thank you. Great, great game too. <laughs> so, uh, so wait, this leads into something else. Yeah, so the story that really uh, captured my imagination this week um, is is a current story, and it was a case that was published in the Journal uh, of the Academy of Consultation Liaison Psychiatry. It sounds so, sounds legit. Yeah, I or mean, like, there's a lot of words in that journal. Yeah, like a really good fake name, though. Also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like so, you're trying to be serious, but not. There's a 30-year-old man who they refer to Mr. X. Mm-hmm. Give the guy some anon- anonymity. Um, so he had um, some issues. He was uh, he had depression. He had bipolar, and he was addicted to opioids. And Oof. so, so yeah, he's got some issues. So he's trying to figure stuff out, and he was reading all this stuff about um, psychedelics mm-hmm. because there's a lot of good evidence that psychedelics are good in therapy. Yes. Like therapeutically, especially for people who are dying mm-hmm. to allow them to kind of face their own mortality. And then this idea of microdosing. So it's taking tiny, tiny bits mm-hmm. of hallucinogenic drug every day. Okay. Not enough to like make you trip balls, but like enough right. to like slightly free your mind. Right. Um, so this is a common Something that's becoming more and more common yeah. amongst, especially artsy types. Well, they were saying like um, ecstasy and PTSD for like, people who have been through war is apparently like a, a somewhat of a legitimate like therapy. Yeah. No, there's a lot of interesting things with with psychedelics, but mm. once again, these are done in controlled groups. Yes. With, like, you know, doctor like, present. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> and like you know, giving therapy and music, like everything. So, um, so he had. So he had stopped taking his bipolar medication, um, and he was starting to swing really hard between depressive and manic states. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so he starts looking at this idea of microdosing, and so, so he's like, okay, um, well, one of the best ways for the drug to hit you, like, I don't know why, <laughs> I like his choices still boggle me. Instead of, so he decided, I'm going to make mushroom tea. So okay. you can take mm-hmm. magic mushrooms, you can boil them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and psilocybin is the psychedelic right. chemical within magic mushrooms, and it will go into the water. And so you make mushroom tea, you drink it, and you can just have little bits. Um, but, I mean, they grow in cow shit, and I don't think magic mushrooms... I've never taken them, but I, mm-hmm. I've heard they don't taste good. Because I mean, they grow in shit. Like, they probably taste I don't like... like <laughs> see, I don't like button mushrooms. I don't <laughs> think I'm going to sit down and enjoy that. I mean, I'm a big fan of mushrooms, but <laughs> psilocybin is water-soluble. It dissolves in water. So. Okay. Maybe it's just an easier way to take it, but I guess he didn't like the take um, of the tea. So he, he tried the tea. I I don't know. Oh, okay. like Sorry. I just know that he he made tea. Right. Oh, but he just doesn't like the taste. But of... he doesn't drink it. So I assume that like, I mean, maybe he wasn't all there. What he did is he started injecting it into his veins. So he's tra- what he's mainlining <laughs> psilocybin. Uh, or magic mushroom tea into his veins. Like this happened twenty twenty. Um, I think it happened a little longer. Like the the article was just published. Oh, okay. So it probably happened last year, the year before. I actually. But regardless, not like nineteen twenty is when they first <laughs> discovered this. Yeah, this is in like the time where they gave you cocaine for your cold. Exactly. <laughs> this is when Coca Cola had came like had yeah. cocaine in it. Oh, you my got a gosh. headache? Here's some heroin. <laughs> Make you feel real good. <laughs> Uncle Remus's heroin. <laughs> Get it now at your local drugstore. Um, oh my God. He injected like like heroin style into like magic mushrooms yeah. into his so veins. So he made magic mushroom tea and injected it straight into his veins. Um, Was he already on shrooms when he decided to do this? <laughs> this, this is not known. 
why he did it. I mean, he had some mental health issues. So he might not have been thinking clearly. You know, who knows? Um, I'm going to agree with that statement. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an insane thing. Yeah. Never inject anything into your veins. No. Like, just let your doctors choose what goes in your veins. <laughs> General, don't put anything in your veins yourself yeah. unless you are a actual yeah. doctor. Yeah. So following the injection, he started to have a lot of problems. Um, the family discovered him days later. He had jaundice. So that's when your liver starts to shut down. You mm-hmm. turn yellow. Your eyes turn yellow. It's pretty creepy looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had nausea, diarrhea. Maybe he should have had some Pepto. I don't know. I feel like those last two are far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's the best case scenario. Jaundice, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit of sickness and, and you know, diarrhea. Um, Papa had, Gravel, you're fine with those last two. Not yeah. for jaundice. He had extreme confusion, which is, you know, he's injecting psychedelics um and he was vomiting blood so his organs had begun to fail um including his kidneys and his lungs uh and he was suffering from acute liver injury which was you know causing the jaundice so like his entire body is just destroying itself total organ failure yeah uh he had a high heart rate um he was in septic shock and so how did he not get septicemia well no so he was um I mean, he was, like, on the border of that. So they rushed okay. him to the ICU. Yeah. They're like, okay, this guy is in a, in a bad way. Um, so there was clots that were forming in his blood. Um, and so they started investigating it to, and trying to figure out the best treatment. And so they, at this point, they don't know what happened. Yeah. The so doctors they, have they, no idea. They're just like, oh, my God, this guy's dying. They, what happened? They take cultures from his blood. So they take some blood samples. And this is where it gets crazy because... Oh, this point. <laughs> yeah. So he was, once again, injecting mushroom juice into his blood. The species of mushrooms that he was injecting started to grow in his blood. Started to grow no. in his bloodstream. No. So, I don't believe this. <laughs> so the spores, because like, so, you know, you mash up because all mushrooms have spores. Yes. And so he started grinding it up. Boiling it through water, trying to get all the psilocybin. Spores are microscopic. So he was injecting spores into his bloodstream. And there's nothing more. Like, plants love wet, uh, but they don't yeah. like dark. Mushrooms, Mushrooms. love dark, right? Yeah. So it, it's a perfect grow. Yeah. I mean, you do have... <laughs> so, so he had... Magic mushrooms growing in his bloodstream. So he was just like permanently baked because it was always in him like he never got it down so at this point they aren't sure whether or not um like obviously a fungus like because fungus just go through and digest they release enzymes they break things down like they know that that part of his illness like you have a fungus growing in your bloodstream like it's messing you up they don't know about like his confusion whether or not it was just his body being dissolved from the inside out or if it was Magic mushrooms growing in his blood um, because there's too much going on, right? <laughs> so, yeah. They, imagine being the ER doctor that wakes up that day. <laughs> used to like setting broken legs, maybe a car accident. Instead, you get shrooms growing inside a human body's bloodstream. I think he's pumped. He's like, we're going to write a paper about this. <laughs> like, I'm getting published. <laughs> like, I think it was like Aaron and I drive home together, like the stories we have from the day of teaching. That guy coming home to like his family being like, you need to sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <This laughs> Prepare. A- We're eating out tonight. I've got a story for you. 
What? That is... So the quote from the team to finish this off that was treating him, they said, it's unclear whether active intravascular infection with a psychoactive fungus such as psilocybe cubensis may prompt persistent psychoactive effects as seen with the ingestion of the same species, which could further contribute to changes in perception and cognition. Basically saying, uh, we don't know if eating it and having it grow in your body does the same shit. <laughs> but we're going to check that out. <laughs> so, like, this is an experiment we never thought we'd ever have yeah. to do. Um, so this, uh, this is just another case highlighting the need to educate people on the danger of using drugs, uh, especially in don't uh, do drugs, kids. ways that they're not prescribed. Right? Well, I don't... <laughs> what is the typical prescription for shrooms? I don't even know that. Shrooms, um, I mean, you I'm could, assuming ingestion. Yeah, but. yeah. So they they actually like nowadays they they synthesize the chemical. So it's a chemical created in a lab. Okay. They make pills. They measure out the amounts, and then you know you sit in a nice room with a therapist, and they play music. You're wrapped in a blanket. You're somewhere they, safe. You know, like yeah. and everything yeah, yeah. is controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, Smashing up some mushrooms and shooting them in your veins. <laughs> Alone at home. You no might, one around you. You might turn into a mushroom farm. He's Toad from Mario. Yeah. This oh, <laughs> is the beginning of Toad Kingdom. I don't know if you know The Last of Us. Uh, it's a video <sighs> game, a zombie game. Yes, I but do it's know cool, that. Yeah. Cool catch on a zombie game because it's a fungus that's making the zombies. So, like, the happening. That's such a bad movie. No, it's nothing like that happening. Um, a side note. Um, so what's cool about that mm-hmm. video game where you have uh, fungi making zombies, these crazy people, and that you know there's mushrooms sticking out of their heads like a messed up toad um, from Mario. Evil toad. Yeah. Evil brain-eating toad um, is that it's based on the cordyceps fungus, which is a fungus that actually controls minds. Is this the one in the ant? Yeah, so basically all insects have their own species of cordyceps. Right. Um, So if you ever watch BBC, you probably have seen it. I think Um, I have, yeah. So yeah, so what it does is it it goes into an ant and it actually starts to change their their thought patterns or their minds Mm -hmm. and it causes them to crawl up like a stalk uh, and then cling on Mm -hmm. while the, the mushroom bursts out of their head and then sprays the spores. So it directs them to climb up because the higher up you go, the farther the spread of the spores. Right. Cool thing about the ants though, um, is there's like, there's weird behavior, uh, being exhibited before all this goes down. They start like cleaning themselves weirdly and Mm -hmm. like an ant see that. And then they're like, Oh shit, he's got cordyceps. And they pick them up and they run them away from the village so that they, not the village, the colony. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> um, Too many M. Night Shyamalan references in one, in one minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's... Is this in Canada? Like, does that... No, is, it's, it's in, like, South America. And, like, that makes sense. You know, like, rainforest, uh, nice, if, hot, and humid places. If crazy shit happens, it's South America or Australia. Like, one of the two. There's yeah. no other options. M- yeah. Maybe Asia, like, off and on. I mean, I was supposed to go to Australia this summer. Um, but... I am scared of spiders. And like that's I had a full huntsman in my bedroom oh, in my Brisbane. Geez. You can't tell me that. I had to squish it with one single sheet of paper towel. Uh, <laughs> I could feel it. Like I could like feel the not the bones, the but the cartilage, the pop. It was the, pop. the grossest thing. <laughs> I, I my friend was next door, like we shared a house together and I was like, Don't come in here for at least ten minutes. 
It was it was way worse than the cockroaches. I thought cockroaches were bad. Huntsman spider was by far. Well, they're a they're venomous and b they're huge. Yes, they're like they are mat like bigger than the size of my hand. Yeah, they're bigger than wolf spiders like around yes. here. They're dock spiders. Yes, and dock spiders are the worst thing in the world for me. Like because they're around here. Yeah. yeah, and like and I've been confronted like camping like in an outhouse or like swimming when they're skirting across the top of the water. Which they should not be able to do given the size. Yeah, and just terrifying. Yeah. See, for me, spiders no problem. Sharks, like I, my, we have like a camp on a lake in Yarmouth, and every now and again, you know, when you get like in your head that something's going to happen. Yeah. I am convinced there is a shark in Bird Lake. <laughs> like every now and again, I just like will panic because I can't see. Like I hate water that I can't see in. Ah, it, you're like Benton. I yes. Yeah. Well, Except, I mean, I did replace them at school, so it makes yeah. sense I replace them with all all facets, right? <laughs> and fears. And fears. Hopes, hopes and dreams. dreams. <laughs> um, do you want to get into something else that's scary? Yes. All well, right. no. Is it sharks? It's not sharks. Okay, then I'm good. It's Russian. Okay. Welcome to Storytime with Ben Drew. Recline your chair and put back your hair. Be taken on a magical adventure. Who is that? That is Mark Davis, friend of the show, Mark Davis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he actually, uh, we sat down one night and made a whole bunch of new drops, and he like helped make the Florida Man drop and a bunch okay. of things. So he's been on the podcast a few times. And Are you the most featured on the drops? Uh, I am just because like I'm the one who makes them. Yeah, so that this, makes sense. This one night, it was like me and Mark, so I got Mark to narrate some. <laughs> So it's not just me. <laughs> um, I'm picturing that process, and you just be like, "Man, you crushed it! You crushed that drop!" <laughs> oh my god, man, the way you dictated that drop—so clear. Your enunciation is Chris. on point. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk to you in our story time. It's kind of like a histories and mysteries. It goes off of one that we kind of did before that that Benton had done, and it's called the the Hamar Duban Pass incident. Okay. So, this story took place very near to the Dyatlov Pass incident. Okay. Um, so, we covered that back in, I think, season one. Um, You're going way back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I found this, like, because that's one of my favorite mysteries. It's one of the biggest mysteries in the world where, you know, 11 people died. Mm -hmm. They had their insides crushed. You know, they yes. slashed their tent from the inside out. Nobody knows what happened. They said it was an avalanche, but the tent pegs were still in, so it wasn't an avalanche. Right. And, like, and, like, people were trying to climb trees. Just, like, crazy behavior. Everybody dead. Nobody no knows sense. why, right? So this happened in the same area. Okay. But it happened in just 1993. Okay. And there was a survivor. Whoa. And this one is crazy. Okay. So seven people set out on a hiking trip mm -hmm. with only one that would return. And Not good odds. When they found uh, this girl, she like, whatever she witnessed was so bad she could not speak. Like she, in total shock, they just saw this poor, shaking, blood-covered girl, like oh standing God. on the shore. There were these Ukrainian kayakers just saw this girl, <laughs> uh, and she would not respond to them. And like they're like, oh shit! Like, okay, we got something's happened. Yeah. yeah. So they scooped her up. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, so Ludmila uh, Koronova was mm -hmm. a forty-one-year-old hiking instructor who uh, was very experienced. She's a very outdoorsy mm -hmm. person. She decided to lead a hiking expedition of six young people 
up to the Hamardaban Ridge. So it's one of the oldest mountains on the planet, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool, and it's mm. in eastern Siberia. So Coronova was controversial to some because she felt she was like a little too risky with her hiking students. She's very survival censored, you know, really pushing her kids. Right. And how, like, so how old were these people? <clears throat> I'm going to get into it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. That's fine. I like to jump the shark. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like if you spoke to any of her students, that they all loved her. Okay. They said like she challenged them and taught them to overcome obstacles, mm-hmm. which is useful. Like they said the skills she taught for like perseverance, these things were very useful in their own lives. Well, I mean, clearly she's effective if she's the lone survivor. No, no, she's not. I'm going back to the beginning. <laughs> oh, plot twist. I'm sorry. Um, so they felt um, – like she's a very safe person. She's well equipped for mountain hiking. She's mm-hmm. done it her whole life. So she was the one leading the expedition. Okay. So her students raised an age from 15 years old to 24 uh, was the oldest. Um, but they all were pretty experienced in hiking. Okay. So it's not like a beginner group. Right. Not like um, me trying to <laughs> me trying to hike Cape Split in flip flops because I didn't realize that it was actually like a four hour hike. <laughs> yeah. I thought I could just like walk out to Cape Split, get a photo, and come back. Yeah, yeah, guys, but so one of the students Lamila brought with her was her was a twenty uh, three year old Sasha. Uh, and she had kind of raised him from a child. It wasn't her son, but she like saw him as a son. Um, okay. So it was uh, another person's child, but she was basically like a teacher, the guardian right. of this kid. Right, right, right. And he was like extremely fit, um, very healthy, and he was like her right hand man on this trip. The other people were Tatiana, who was 24, mm-hmm. uh, Vika, who was 16, Dennis, who was 19, Timur, who was 15, and Valentina, who was 17. I like how we get very, very Russian names and then Dennis. Dennis. Yeah. When I was reading this, I'm like, because the weird thing with Russian names is like they have like several different, like Sasha, he has another name, but they right. call him Sasha. Okay. And like. So trying to understand the story, it's yeah, tricky. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, because I, I actually did a bunch of research for this one because it's uh, a lot of it comes from Russian newspapers and like people, translations. Right, whatever. right, right. Right. Um, but like Dennis is Dennis, like, yeah. <laughs> like there's the, it's the only name that yeah. never changed. Yeah. He's like you're just Dennis. <laughs> I guess uh, that's a uh, Russian Dennis. Yeah. So they set out uh, on August second on their hike, and it's just actually a pretty simple hike to complete. Like mm-hmm. it's not a super intense, crazy hike. And there was other people at the time on a similar hike, so mm-hmm. they were going one route, and there'd be people kind of going parallel to them, right up of the mountain. And when they set out, the weather forecast was supposed to be really nice. Uh, it's supposed to be sunny. It was mm-hmm. the summertime, so like it is Russia, but Russia in the summer, Canada in the summer. You know, like it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, not too hot, not too cold. Yeah. So the issue, though, as the group started to hike, like ascend the mountain, mm-hmm. immediately, like the, they, they they went into the woods. They were going up. Temperature drops, and then they were struck with really brutal weather. Okay. Um. So like. The weather was totally wrong. Um, so it was cold rain and snow beating on them for days on end. So it was like in the middle of summer. Yeah, but I mean they're going up mountains, right? Right. So like, yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So even though the weather was tough, the group stayed safely on their hike and they hiked 70 kilometers up. Oh my gosh. Um, so on August 4th, um, so they're a few days in now, they decide to set up base camp on a very open and exposed plateau between the two mountain peaks. So they're only 10 kilometers from the summit. Right. Um, um, so, yeah, they're very close to reaching their goal of the Hamardabar Ridge. Um, so this is one of the things for people that's really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because at the summit, there was a shelter with firewood, and it's a great place to stay the night. Um, right. So, okay. like, they're, they're 10 kilometers away from the perfect place. Right. right? Um, and then there was a forest that was located only four kilometers away the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, because, but they, they settled in a place with no tree cover. Like, it was wide open on a mountain ridge. Um, and, like, people, like, they couldn't understand. Yeah, there's no shelter. Yeah, and they're saying, like, someone who's experienced as this woman, uh, like, Cornova's experienced enough to know that right. the forest is there, the thing is there. Yeah. Um, but the weather is just brutal. It's super windy. It's rainy. And so what people kind of speculate mm-hmm. is that she saw how downtrodden they were. Like, they were, like, so exhausted. She right. said, no, we got to camp down here right keep morale high say we're done we've done it so she knew that they couldn't go any further so they're like okay no we stop now Mm -hmm. we we hunker down so overnight the group was subjected to a huge thunderstorm uh it was tearing at their tent snapping ropes it was like like water was getting in their tents it was a brutal sleepless night gosh so because they had this I rough... would not handle this. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I don't get, like, at least seven hours, I'm a write-off. <laughs> yeah. So, they, the group kind of slept in because the night was so brutal. Mm-hmm. So, at 10 a.m., they awoke. There was loads of snow had fallen. And they had packed up camp, and they started to um, trek down. They were close to the ridge, but they realized, okay, like we're at risk for hypothermia at this point. Right. Like we had right. a sleepless night. We're wet. It's been brutal. Yeah. So she was like, okay, let's. We're we're skipping the summit. Right. We're going down to the woods. We're mm-hmm. gonna start a fire. We're gonna warm everybody up. Get everybody safe. Right. And actually, at the same time, when she was this Ludmila was taking her group up the mountain, her daughter was taking another group up the mountain, mm-hmm. uh, and they were supposed to meet up. Mm-hmm. But they never ended up meeting up. A little wink by the future. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So they head down to the forest so they could light a fire and warm up so they didn't get hypothermia. Mm-hmm. So when, just when they started going out on their trek, the like the strong Sasha, like he was her right-hand man, like right. her uh, adopted kind of son, um, just collapsed on the ground out of nowhere. So the group ran over to help him. Um mm-hmm. But he couldn't stand. Like, he kept, like, kind of getting up and collapsing. And he had this terrified look on his face. And then he, all of a sudden, he started bleeding from his nose, ears, and mouth. And then oh. he, he just died. That's bad. Yeah. Very bad. And he was, like, quite young. He was 23. So yeah. the strongest and healthiest member of the group went from fine to dead in minutes. Uh, and this is where it starts getting crazy. Okay. So the Holy group starts to panic. Yeah. Obviously. obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Deservedly were, so. I mean, they're between 15 and 24. People were crying. They didn't know what to do. And Coronova, uh, the leader, Ludmila Coronova, who loved him like a son, kind of went into shock and started screaming, kind of holding his dead body. So she told the group, like, I'm not leaving him. Um, I'm not going to leave Sasha here. And she told all the young hikers to set out to the forest without her and make a fire. Right. She's mm-hmm. like, I can't leave him. Like, right. Because, like, so, you know, out of nowhere, he's dead. And she's, like, the in her mind, the yeah. mother of yeah. this she's child, the essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the group is scared, but they follow her orders, and they start to head into the woods. But they didn't make it very far when all of a sudden uh, Ludmila Coronova started 
yelling that she needed help and she couldn't move. So they returned to her, and when they got to her, she is also bleeding from her ears, nose, and mouth. And then she suddenly collapses on Sasha's corpse and dies. What? Right. So this is like the world. Like I thought, Romeo and Juliet was terrible. Yeah, my God. So now all of panic is overtaken. Like it was bad enough. Yeah. Now two of them have died in the craziest circumstances. So Valentina, the only survivor, turns to the rest of the group, and now everyone else. She looks around. They're bleeding from their eyes, nose, and mouth, and some are like frothing at the mouth. So she checks herself. Uh, she checks her head for blood, and for some reason, she's fine. Um. So two of the remaining girls collapsed on the ground, Tatiana, who was uh, 24, mm-hmm. and Vika, the 16-year-old. So they're rolling around, clutching at their throats and tearing at their clothes. Valentina went to help the young girl, Vika, and like the girl, this Vika girl is freaking out in a crazy state, and she like bit Valentina. So like she backs up, and then Vika curls up into a ball and dies. So this girl bites oh, her shit. and like just dies. Meanwhile, Tatiana was bashing her head against over and over on a rock until she went still. So she yeah. caved her own skull in. Yeah, that and like whatever else is going on in her body. So now Valentina is left alone with the 19-year-old Dennis and the 15-year-old Timur. So, who, are, who are bleeding but just not bashing themselves in the yeah, head. Yeah, they're not going as crazy. Um, so Dennis, who seemed to be... Uh, he was still more clear-headed. He took off and he hid behind a rock, and then Valentina went to him. While she's going to him, Timur would collapse to the ground and die. When Valentina made it to Dennis, they decided to, like, we got to make a run for the woods. So Dennis told Valentina to gather the bare essentials from her bag and then leave the bag behind. Like, grab what you need. We're going to book it to the woods. Right. So she started digging through her sack, looking for what she needed, and then when she looks back up, Dennis has collapsed, and now he's writhing on the ground with you know blood coming out of everywhere. So Valentina just takes off, running by herself. So now Valentina's by herself. Uh, she took shelter in the woods from the storm overnight, so she makes it to the woods. Um, and over that night, it would be brutal. So imagine everyone's dead <laughs> from the weirdest, craziest thing that you don't know what happened. Yeah. You would There's- definitely assume, like, alien or some sort of, like, godlike event happening like the <laughs> yeah. apocalypse is occurring around yeah. you um so yeah she gets to the woods but it's a huge storm she's sleeping under a rock um huge thing and she's she just described like sleeping under this rock and hearing trees snapping all around her like matchsticks like bang 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 because the storm was so bad just trees are getting knocked over um so the next day the weather cleared up it was actually a beautiful day. Like the the winds died off. There's no more weather. Right. So she goes back to check the bodies, and she saw the horror show from the day before. Um, she she's like, well, maybe somebody survived. You right. Because like, like she freaked out. And maybe ran. it didn't happen. Maybe yeah. it was just like a pure hallucination. So everyone was dead. Um, Valentina headed back into the woods uh, to look for rescue, but ended ended up wandering the woods for three days. So she's just wandering around the woods trying to find help. Oh my god. Um. Finally, two people who had been kayaking in the area, they were two Ukrainian folks, uh, saw this pale girl standing on the edge of the forest covered in the blood of her friends in total shock. So she couldn't speak. Uh, and they're like, okay, we got to, like, at first they're like, oh, like, should we just leave? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is happening here? Yeah. Can you imagine, like, you pulling up, like, a, in a canoe in Quinnon and just, <laughs> just seeing see something like, 
Uh, I'm going to back up. I've I'm seen gonna, this movie. Yeah, <laughs> this does not end well for the kayakers. Yeah. Um, but they're good folks, and they, they they're, threw on the They're kayak, stronger than I am. Yeah, and they brought her to safety. So it was only once she, like, had time, like, right. you know, like she warmed up, cleaned up, that she was able to start uh, to relate the things that happened to her. Mm-hmm. After she wiped the blood of the others off of her body. Yeah. Right. Uh, and does. got to a safe place. Mm-hmm. So eventually, a month later, it took a month for them to be able to recover the bodies mm-hmm. uh, because of storms and stuff and trying to find them. Right. But enough time had gone by that decomposition like had, had taken, taken over. So, Because um, they wanted to do autopsies. This is crazy See, like, what story. happened? Yeah. yeah. So according to the autopsy, they said hypothermia played a role in their deaths, and the bodies appeared to suffer from a protein deficiency, which is weird because they had eaten well during their trip. It's not like they were starving. Right. Because like, sometimes your body breaks down and it starts stripping mm-hmm. your muscles of protein, and, um, and there was bruising of the lungs. But nobody knows what caused this intense illness in the first place. They're also missing their eyes, which is a pretty morbid. What? But that's normal for like scavengers. Oh, like a like an animal combined. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah, was yeah. another thing that happened in the Dyatlov Pass is mm-hmm. they're missing their eyes. And I mean, you don't know what happened, but obviously it would have been scavengers. Yes, that makes sense. Um, so like, what caused this illness? What caused the fits? Like, how could young, healthy Sasha Kirsten like just die in a matter of seconds, and then all of a sudden everyone just stopped dropping? And um. So th- there's a couple things. So, so there are theories, but there's no, there's no, yeah, there's they, no proof yet. Yeah, and the, you'll never have proof, right? Um, so some of the the theories is infrasound, which we talked okay. about in the Dyatlov Pass. That's a that's a common one, and that's um, the sound waves mm-hmm. from the wind. Like if if it goes on the right frequency, can cause right damage, like physiological damage to people. It can right. cause you to act differently. It can break down your ears. It can cause brain damage. But why wasn't this other girl affected then by it? Well, yeah, like that. That's the weirdest thing is she should be dead too. Yeah, and 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 the symptoms of like bleeding from the eyes, nose, and ears. Um, so another idea is like the thinking like maybe the gu- Russian government was testing nerve agents somewhere up in the mountains right. and they were so just maybe they unlucky, were exposed, right? You know, uh, cause those Russians love nerve agents. <laughs> <laughs> they love crazy shit. I'm assuming, you know, Sarabamba and yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. They, Siberia is not a place I think I'd ever want to venture in general. Cause I don't like the cold, let alone the fact that they do fairly regular nuclear testing yeah. and they would not give a shit if you were there or not. Yeah. Um, or like, could it be accidental poisoning? You know, like who knows? Like right. maybe somebody brought something cause like poisoning can cause you to bleed out. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, and then some people talk about maybe they had hemorrhagic fever, which, but like, it doesn't How? just like, yeah, it's like, kill no, you. it's all at the up. exact same time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the probability I think is that fairly low of that happening. Yeah. Um, but that's the Hamar de Bon pass incident. And it was crazy. It's just wow. like similar, um, unexplainable deaths yeah uh in a similar region of the mountains and wasn't that supposed to be like a fairly easy yeah. hike to begin with yeah like they signed up for like a level two and got like a level well eternity level six, six, yeah. six. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it was yeah oh um, my God. and can you imagine being the one lone survivor of that like 
you would never go on a hike ever again. Yeah. I'm never going in the woods. You know, no, like, I, I am like only living in the middle of a city, like in a bunker in Switzerland. Living in Russia, that's difficult, right? It's like, <laughs> it's, yeah. They're not known for their civil liberties anyway, yeah. right? Or they're, you know, there's a lot of trees, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of nature out there. <laughs> there's, there's a lot, especially Siberia of yeah. all places. Like, you know, at least you can maybe get to Moscow, St. Petersburg, even Sochi. Still, yeah. yeah if you're living in, if, yeah, you're traumatized literally for life for that, regardless. So uh, if anyone has any theories, you can send us a message You know, on Facebook. You can drop us a line on Instagram, direct message us. Uh, or if you're from Yarmouth, I mean, most of our listeners know us. It's <laughs> <laughs> to Popeye. Mom and Rude. Dad, you yeah. know, next time at dinner, let me know. <laughs> Mom and Dad, you can FaceTime me later and tell me what you think about this. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For, well, I really had a good time. I'm glad you did. I'm glad to have you again. You did a great job. Thank just... you. It's still better than the time I was principal at Drumline. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, folks. I want to thank everybody for tuning in for this episode of the Burncast. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of cries, a lot of creepy stuff. Uh, always check us out on Facebook. Leave us a like and review on there, especially on Apple Podcasts. That's one of the best things you can do for us to help us get discovered by other people is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Okay? So if you listen on an Apple product, Please, please, please do that. All right. Good night. <laughs>